to Hey guys, welcome back to License to View. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the internet where two best friends get together and talk about pop culture stuff. I'm Jason. Zach, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, man, you know, just jumping back into Guilty Gear and getting... I don't know, it's not as much frustrated as it was before. I think the problem is that, like, I was playing a lot of Eno before because I love her design so much, but her gameplay is, like, so much tougher. And then I switched back to, like, my second name... I started playing Giovanna again, and I got to, like, Floor 8, which I hadn't done, like, since I got started. Since I got the game, I have not got past Floor 7. And then I did, like, I played Giovanna for, like, two hours and got to Floor 8, and I was like, yeah, I think this character I should stick with. Oh, uh, okay. See, I haven't played it, so I, everything you just said, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know that, like, the, the shit, they're coming out with the new balance patch and shit like that, which is cool. Uh, they haven't really said, like, what's getting changed, but, like, uh, I think it's supposed to come out in, like, sub- sub- beginning of September or the end of August, something like that. I don't know, but, like, they said they're going to be patching in some stuff. They really didn't say they were going to be more nerfing anybody. They basically just said they're just trying to make everybody more powerful, which is, like, I don't know. I guess it's easier to just make people tougher than it is to, like, try to balance out making somebody else weaker or whatever. Well, is there is there a, a character that's... That's Yun. Basically, so bad guy is the Yun of the game. Like he okay. he he has ridiculous buttons. He has ridiculous damage. His DP, like raw DP, like wake up is like a ridiculous amount of damage that he does. Like a lot of the people who are like good salt players can touch you like two or three times and you're dead. Which in a game like this, mm. where it already has like. Damage output and strive is already like ridiculously high compared to like most fighting games. So, um, so it's like him. May's like a noob killer almost because her dolphin pressure is fucking stupid. That like she can double dolphin and it's still like plus on block. Like it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably like Ram too, Ramlethal because she's just got. She's even not. She's not got anything like amazing like soul does but like she's got those two giant ass swords and they control like almost like a third of the screen like if she's swinging right. the sword which is like neutral wise is like fucking annoying to deal with especially when like i'm starting to play giovanna and she has like no long range moves really like her long range option for giovanna is like you have to dash and her jet her dash yeah, can but, like slide her pieces, but there's no way that those swords are safe, right? Well, I think I think her her regular slashes are safe because it's just part of her her slash and heavy slash. I think they are safe, and they're also so she and can, they also so have, she can poke but you even if the... they're not, they have so much pushback on them that it's really hard, especially for a character like Giovanna. Like she doesn't have anything like. That's fast and longer range, so it's it's really like a pain in the ass to try to like punish her. You really have to like 
try to read what the ram is trying to do and you have to basically like try to jump over her swords and try to get in like that so oh okay i gotcha yeah well hey man that sounds cool yeah no it's not too bad you know what is cool or not cool tell me about it uh is our topic for the week i don't know man i'm pretty i feel like it's a pretty cool one i'm digging i really don't well i i I just didn't know how you felt. Oh, so yeah. I don't want to assume. I don't want to assume. I gave you a little you bit felt, of a teaser but... on the Instagram, dude. I thought that I'd give you a little bit of a hint, man. I think I think it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see uh, what my thoughts flow out. Um, but this week, dude, we are talking about uh, 1969. Yes. Sam Peckinpah's The Wild Bunch. Yes. Which uh, I, I I proposed to watch this week because. I have never seen it before. I have never really even heard of it until you mentioned it. Okay, I, I've heard of, of it oh, my whole life. Mm-hmm. Because my dad is a Western fanatic. Mm. Um, so, and he, I grew up with him watching all, specifically, you know, Wayne. Yeah. Right? But all the spaghetti shit he would watch all the time. Mm-hmm. And... When I remember asking him, like in high school, like, okay, well, what's, what, what's like movies should I watch that are in this genre, like yeah. spaghetti westerns or you no know, westerns in general, and it's like you know, Hondo and like Rio Bravo, and you know, uh, fucking obviously Fistful, right, yeah. and then like Wild Bunch. I remember him specifically saying this, but I just did never, never fucking. I don't think I ever two two heard the name, but I think I'd known of this movie by reputation because as we'll get into. I think I'd heard by reputation that it's ending fight scene is like one of the, I think it like at the time it was like one of the bloodiest. Yeah. Uh, like final confrontations that like had ever been in a movie up to that point, which I mean, yeah. it's and like I... a fucking 15 minute long balls to the wall. Shoot them out. I mean, and the only reason why I even, came back to it or came around to it is because I, I i told you when we were talking about this off pod mm-hmm. it's because in the quentin tarantino interview on with joe rogan mm-hmm. he specifically mentions this movie for for it being violent mm-hmm. and i don't remember the context of why he mentioned it i don't know what they're talking about but i remember him Django, saying maybe? this name i don't i don't remember mm-hmm. Because I feel like even if they're talking about Django, I feel like you just referenced Django. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't remember the context exactly in the podcast because it's a fucking two-hour podcast. Yeah. But I remember him saying this or mentioning the name, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, okay. I add that to my list, and just, like, I have a running list of westerns and spaghetti westerns that I have never seen mm-hmm. that I want to watch. Um, I actually bought – I mentioned it to you, but I bought it. If I can reach it over here, I don't know if I can reach it from my fucking shit, but – I mentioned this, um, the complete Sartana set, um, from Arrow. Wow. Still sealed. And then they have, I know they, uh, I don't know who's doing it, but Region B, um, what's the other one I was telling you about? Um, Sar, Sabata? 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 I think it's Sabata, maybe. Sabata, yeah. Sabata Trilogy. Uh, it's coming out here soon. Uh, debating about pre-ordering that, um, but it's just that I was—I've always—I was always torn because I love Western movies, right? But I specifically love uh, American. So it's the 
it's the clint right in yeah. every form so whether it's like hang them high mm-hmm. um you know obviously fistful's great yeah right but then but then i love like a fucking tombstone it's like so not western but i love tombstone so this movie whenever you google it it's like yeah this is like in the annals of fucking classics western yeah. classics you know so i'm like okay well shit let's let's see how it holds up because i'm like western specifically for me i'm not sure about you we talked about this before in the podcast but like for me and one of those guys that's like if it's before 1970 i usually don't give a shit mm. right let's well, right westerns are the, well i'm saying well westerns are the only genre that i will watch from 1952 oh yeah I will go watch an old John Wayne movie because, like, they're all from that era. Mm-hmm. I'll watch them because I like the environment. I like the cowboy stuff. But if it's, like, a fucking, you know... I mean, I guess, like, some of the adventure movies I'll watch, mm. you know? Like, Treasure of Sierra whatever. I'll watch that movie. Sierra Madre? You know, obviously, see all the fucking, you know, um, Sinbad movies. I'll go watch the old Sinbad movies. But when it's like, hey, watch this comedy from fucking 1948, I don't give a fuck. It's not going to be funny. Yeah. You know, but Westerns are really the only ones. Um, so I figured, hey, give this give this a shot yeah. and we'll see. I've got gripes, though. You got, I got a couple. I mean, I definitely got some gripes, I got a couple. too. I got a couple things, but uh, for the most part, I'll say now, just from the get-go, really great movie. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think I really, really enjoyed it. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some gripes for sure, but I mean, I mean, positives first. Um, I think everybody who's acting in it uh, is great. I think they're great. Um, I love yeah. all the outlaws. Uh, Ernest Borgnine, I can't remember the main guy, but um, and then the two brothers, uh, and then the the Mexican Angel. I love him too. He was probably my favorite out of all of them, honestly. Um, your favorite character in the movie or the, your favorite? I think um, my favorite character guy. in the movie. My favorite character in the movie is, uh, what's his name? Deke. Deke. And Deke. Is it Deke? Deke? The main guy? The guy chasing them. Oh, Thornton? Thornton? Yeah, whatever, whatever his first name the, was. The I one who, yeah, the one who. I know, I know it's Thornton. It's Deke, isn't it? Is that I can't remember. Name? I just remember Thornton. Thornton. I think it's, I feel like it's Deke. Let me pull it. It up. might be. Yeah, it's Deke. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think everyone within like ten minutes, just that fir- the first part of the opening, where um, they're on the roof, mm-hmm. like just watching, right, and they're bantering back and forth. Just that conversation alone, very quickly, it's uh, it shows you drastically the difference between Hollywood in nineteen sixty something versus Hollywood now, like the a- type of acting. Yeah. And it always reminds me when I watch old shit, like how different the like they're they're probably approaching the shit the same way, right? Like how how do we act? They're probably using the same methods of acting or whatever, mm-hmm. but like just the way that it's caught in the camera or how they enunciate or whatever, it just seems so. Um, maybe it's also because it's shot in film. Maybe it's one of the two. Just adds. Mm-hmm. It, it gives me this impression of like this is a movie. Mm-hmm. you know like if that makes sense like it's probably like a nostalgia feel for something that i was never alive for because it's shot on film and something about that i only get that from like christopher nolan i don't, I don't he's even the know he's the only one that shoots on film anymore 
It's like him and Quinn Tarantino. Yeah, that's right. it, basically. But it, just that first ten minutes, I was like, okay, they're setting up. There's a lot of wide shots. Or it's like their sets. They're on location. Mm-hmm. It's like everything about the movie is like they're not. It's not CG. Everything is there. No, and that gets so, to like one of the biggest set pieces that like surprised me later, which is when they decide to blow up a fucking bridge. I'm like, okay, right. yeah, they actually like. I'm sure it's not a real bridge. I'm sure they like built a bridge in the middle of somewhere, but still, yeah. like, they built a bridge and they blew it up. Well, it's the idea that we're they're on a roof. We're not on a fake roof. We're on a roof, and we're filming down from the roof. Yeah. And we're gonna cut to a building that maybe is there, probably not, but also probably yes, because they have angles from the from inside the building pointing outside the building to the roof, yeah. right? So they're all in this space. So I could see them, and they probably didn't shoot it this way, obviously. They probably would you know, shoot one side, cut, take, whatever. But I could see them acting, just have two cameras, have three cameras, which they don't do. But just, I could see it happening. Like, hey, just roll, mm-hmm. a- action, and we're both doing our scenes at the same fucking time. Oh. And something about them both existing in the same world together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sh- it, you don't get that anymore, except for when you have scenes of t- people together on a green screen. Yeah. Or on a blue screen, or in a small set together. That's really kind of the only time, but this is like a whole town. They brought fucking so many people in yeah. to this 15-minute, 20-minute opening sequence shootout. And they're all shoot. there. It's great, but like the idea that like... It's like you don't... And it's so surprising because to me... We don't get that anymore. So why the... It's the fact that it's surprising me is it's sad. Yeah, I mean, I think it's part of, like... It's... It's part of just, like, the changing society as a whole, which is just, like, with the fact that, like, you know, CGs become so much more prominent and thing, people are able to do stuff with CGI that, like, has never been thought to be possible before. Is also, like stop people from being like quite as creative with like what they can actually do in the camera, not just outside of it. And so a lot of people I feel like don't get in those situations where like, Oh, we could like do such and such. And we could like film it in a certain way when they, most people's default action nowadays, I feel like is like, Oh, we can just do CGI and do whatever. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it ends up being like a crutch. Yeah. You know, where it's like, okay, we'll just put it, we'll do it in post. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like, fucking, this is the Peck and Paw can't do that. Yeah. So it's like, we're going to have to shoot this right the first time or the second time or the third time so we have every angle covered. Yeah, well, we can tell the story. It's very of like martial arts movies in that respect, too. Or, yeah, it's like, you know, we don't have a post. Like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right and we're going to stay here until we get it right exactly the way that we need to get it. Yeah, like like real martial arts movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like not like the fucking bullshit ones that we see, like like an Avengers movie. Oh yeah, like Black Widow. I mean, I don't consider that car- a martial arts movie. It, it, right, but people will cons- people who don't watch martial arts movies will be like, oh, they're doing martial because they're doing martial arts. Yeah, right. But like, look, if it's it's a Jet Li movie, we'll pull the camera out wide. Yeah show you Jet Li doing some shit and then we'll cut in for the hits and then, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like for this movie in the wild bunch, like we're going to show you, not only we're going to show you the gunshot, 
we're going to show you the person getting shot in the same frame, and we're also going to show you a blood splat and a squib in the same shot, mm -hmm. like five or six times. So that we're just in the first twenty minutes, it's something you that you haven't seen in thirty years. Yeah. It really like I can't think of the last time I, I saw a movie in the modern modern era that had like an action sequence that was 20 minutes long on a real set with real horses with real stunt men and real stunt women with there's 80 people in a town or whatever the fuck and they're all getting lit up with fucking pops and explosions like yeah i, I couldn't tell you heat I, mean, I, I don't know a michael mann movie i, I don't know um you know, because john, john wick all, john wick's all cg blood splatter um what was that I don't know if it was Squibs or not, but what was the 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 Chris Hemsworth movie? That's guaranteed. I think that's guaranteed all CG blood. It was it CG blood? Uh, yeah. Then, but those guys though, Chad Stahelski and then um the director uh, Sam. Whatever his name is, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Sam something. Hargrave. Sam Hargrave, mm -hmm. the director of Extraction. Extraction. That's like, what it's called. Those guys, and I'm sure there's a female who will do it eventually, or is already doing it. I just don't know about. But like. Those dudes, those people, understand that this has to be done because they're stunt people. Yeah. Right. So those movies are definitely like, yeah, we're gonna be in a town with fuck a ton of people. Like that. That's amazing. Right. That that part is great. Right. Because not even the squibs part. That's whatever. But the idea that like John Wick's going to a nightclub and he's gonna beat people up and there's people in this nightclub. Yeah. Like a ton of people. So you have a lot of moving parts and stunt people doing stunt people shit. So like, the opening of the Wild Bunch. When they actually start shooting out, mm -hmm. and then the um, crew's trying to get away, right? And people are trying to get away on the horses. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, or how? I'm like, I was, I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, we're going to get a horse drag. Yeah. Guaranteed. We have to. And literally, like, we got it. I was like, there you go. I knew it. Because it's 1969. We didn't get it's horse drag. You got fucking people get fucking trampled by horses. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that they too. just captured somebody, a woman dying on camera because she got trampled by a horse. Yeah, I think you know the movie's gonna so, gonna mean some shit in terms like the opening sequence yep. when the title card is a bunch of kids fight, having fire. Dude, fight I thought that was like the weirdest fucking shit. That was like I didn't write too many notes down compared to like when we were watching Gundam or anything like that because I actually was just kind of engrossed in the whole movie. Um, but. Um, but it was like one of the first ones I wrote down. It was like that scene, and I was like, "Is this supposed to be like some weird symbolism shit?" Like, I I don't know. I don't. It's very confusing to me. Like, I guess I guess watching the movie, you could kind of like take it as like a fact of like when they go to the base, like the Mexicans are the fire ants because they're just like relentlessly attacking them, and then the 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 wild bunch are like the scorpions, which are like powerful, but they just get overwhelmed by numbers. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, and thank God is the kids just smacking him down? I don't know. The whole movie, I'm thinking, I, was, I kept thinking to myself, like, which one's the Wild Bunch? What's the band? Like, obviously, you want it to be, it's, obviously, it's the gang. Yeah. Right? But also, it's like, could it not also apply to the, to, to the deputized the, the gang? The railroad deputies? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, which also like saying the whole I time. Think, I, I guess it's just because that's part of the culture, but it's something that's not really, like, pointed out in this movie but the fact that like the railroads were like their own sense of like law enforcement back in the day yeah. like it's not like sheriff's office like that's just a company but they also have the ability to like 
deputized people that are basically at this point homeless people. Like those people are just homeless. Well, it's like if you watch Hell on Wheels. Yeah. It's like the same business, you know what I mean? Like you get to protect the business of the, you know, yeah. the railroad. If it applies to the railroad, then you gotta go serve out justice, I guess. Um But the the movie really it it shoves you in and doesn't really explain kind of much until we get until after the first fight fight sequence. Yeah, it's not really until yeah, they basically get away to Mexico that they really like take a chance to like breathe and like kind of let you like take stock of everything that's happened in like the first 30 minutes of this movie yeah exactly you know i remember watching and being like are these guys the good guys or bad guys i can't tell i think they're the bad guys they keep i don't know i can't tell though for sure yeah. and then we get their next they get to the whatever and i'm like okay they're bad guys well it's also super um, so because like at the beginning of the movie they basically show up looking like boy scouts Military, yeah, like, right, like the word military uniform, which is also the strange military uniform because I was like, they just look. I thought they were like scouts because it just looks like a scout uniform, but I guess it's just the way the old military uniforms look. But what's even weird to me is that it's a Western movie, mm-hmm. but they all have like semi-automatic pistols, yeah, because because it's 1913, right? And, I, and I'm like, I don't think that maybe this is this doesn't apply to the rest of the world. Maybe it's a uniquely American thing. Um, and it's not. It's not about being like special, but it's the fact that the the country is only like three hundred years old, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's do the math real quick. Hold on, I'm pull my phone out. Seventeen seventy six. It's like yeah, it's less than three hundred. Twenty nineteen seventeen seventy six. Two hundred forty five. Yeah. So two hundred forty five. Zach, what's the average lifespan of a human being? Eighty. 75? I think right now it's like 85, I think. Let's say 85. That's only 2.8 lifetimes. Yeah. So, like, Not that long. literally, like, it's the idea that, like, you know, like, Abraham Lincoln was a kid when Jefferson was president or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like, that's stuff like that. It's like, it's 1913, but we have fucking cowboys still. Yeah. Like, they're dying, it's a dying breed, but, like, they're there. It's the very tail end of it. it was, yeah, like you World know, War, like the idea World War One era was like right around the tail end of yeah outlaws. Like, cowboys. like there could there could be fuck, there are people who are fucking in World War One, like doughboys. Yeah, who are the children of fucking like Billy the Kid. Yeah, like fucking like you know, Wyatt Earp's son is like in fucking fucking a doughboy in Italy or some mm-hmm. shit. That to me that that's insane, right? Mm-hmm. So it's weird to me, like, watching it's a Western movie, but it's a super modern Western movie. Mm. But they have semi-automatic pistols, so they're not having to do a six-shooter standoff. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and to me, that's always interesting. And that's sort of it's a uniquely, like, a gun thing that I caught. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, they're firing, and they, have, they it can be violent because they can just keep firing. Yeah. They don't have, and we don't, no one reloads in this movie. No, nobody reloads right? in this movie. It's the, it's that Western, that Western logic of like, everyone has magic guns. It's just infinite ammo, baby. They just got the GTA cheat and they just got infinite ammo. Isn't there an anime where someone has like magic bullets or is like Devil May Cry or something? There's something where like, there's like a spell in the guns that has like, if the, the guns just reload. I can't remember what it was. But they they explained it away that way because you never see the character reload and they like had that reference be there. I don't know. Soul Eater? Maybe I don't know. I have no idea. I I, I, just I don't know. Remember. I don't recognize that off the top of my head. 
it's probably a thing, and I'm sure it's out there. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. So, um, speaking of the, um, let's just go with the story first. Okay. Because the basic idea is that this aging gang of outlaws is trying to get that last score, classic. Yeah. They thought they had their last one, and they ended up getting fucking bamboozled. Yeah, they got bamboozled. Um, and then they're, they're just like hopping around. It's like part last score, part mission for Angel. Yeah. It's like part helping him out, but part also trying to make well, some cash Well, it starts off, money. yeah, it was just them trying to, uh, yeah, just find a place to hide out to try to like get the heat off of them because they know that they've got the fucking railroad deputies on their tail. So they're like hiding out in Mexico. And while they're there, they're also broke. Because their job fell through, so they also need money yeah. while they're hiding out. So they end up going to see this Mexican general who, I guess, is part of the government. Because this is also apparently yeah. the time during Pancho Villa, which I don't know a whole lot about. But I thought he was like a Mexican hero, um, which I, I guess he is because the government general in this movie is a real piece of shit. So, yeah. Um, so, um, but they end up going to the general to like try to find a job and they end up stealing some stuff for him and it, you know, cascades on a whole other series of events, which leads to their eventual last stand. Yeah. It's a two hour movie. Two and a half hours. With very little plot. <laughs> I mean, it's really, yeah, I mean, the plot is really kind of bare bones. I mean, the, the overall plot is bare bones. There's a lot of things that happen in between, but, like, the basic structure is yeah. very simple. Well, the even the things that happen are very much just, we go here, we say this, we go back, yeah. we say this, we go back to that place, and we say this, and we go back over here, and then we say that. Which is what a movie is, I understand that. But for a West, this is my one of my, gri- my big gripes. That last third of the movie, mm-hmm. up until the last the gun the last gunfight, mm-hmm. I was like, my phone was calling me, so powerfully, the whole time. And they were trying to to to, to double cross. You mean once cross, they delivered like, the gun to the general? Yeah, when they're trying to like to like play the general, and like try to like get away safely, but still get this and like all that. That whole time, I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna walk here and then yap, and we're gonna walk here and yap. I'm like, oh my god. Because one of the things I noticed is that the movie, while, while I really, really enjoyed it overall, tonally, it's confusing as fuck sometimes. Yeah. Because tonally, it's supposed to be this western, bloody, bloodbath movie, which I can see how it could be in 1969. But also, it's like this, like, buddy group, laughy stock movie where we're going to have, like, funny music playing. We're going to be laughing about fucking... Yeah, you know, it's, what washers it's, and not shit. Like, <laughs> it's just super. I mean, they are super serious. Like they take their job seriously, but they're also like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's kind of like I could see it kind of being like, especially for like the two older guys. Like this is basically them at like the end of their ropes, basically. And I think it's. Yeah. I think it also comes to the fact that like character wise, I think they explain it early on that like they don't really have like any ambition for their lives really. Like, I mean, they talk about the fact that like, this is going to be their final score, but then you have, uh, the second command basically talk to the guy and be like, what are you even planning on like doing with your life? Like you keep saying that this is your final score, but like, 
what are you even going to do? Like, do you even have anything lined up? And he's like, I got nothing. So it's really, it feeds into that whole, like, um, yeah, I mean, I think it really just feeds into the whole, like, they really don't have anything, like, planned forward. They're not really, like, thinking ahead with their lives. And they kind of live with that, like, kind of reckless abandon when it comes with, that comes with, like, you not really having, like, any set goal or anything to like hold on to other than like surviving till the next job or the next payday. Well, I'm fine with that as a theme, right? I'm all about that theme. Mm -hmm. It's it's when you have these like weird, goofy moments that are in the movie, like three or four times. It's not like it's a ton, but it's those three or four times that pull me out completely. I'll give you an example, right? A a modern example that you, that I know you understand. Okay. Imagine in Wrath of Man, right, in Guy Ritchie's last movie, whenever they're doing their pre-up to prepare for a heist, they just, like, cut to the like, a fucking, to the his kid's birthday party, and they're, like, yuck, yuck, in with, like, goofy music in the background. Mm-hmm. It will take away all of the despa- desperateness from them to have the final score. It takes away from the seriousness of what they're doing of the fact that they, that they don't care anymore about, about killing people, but they have, they want to do these crimes because they feel like they got fucked over by the army or the military or whatever. It takes away from all that seriousness, right? Mm. So to me, in The Wild Bunch, you have this awesome, gory, blood bloody bloodbath scenes where we have women dying and dudes getting blit up and the guys in the fucking face get shot, all this cool, all this cool gunfight stuff. Mm-hmm. But then we cut to the hot fucking the sauna and they're like... When I, when I, I'm going to build me one of these and the other guys walk in, they're like, oh, I'm engaged. And they're like, oh, and the yeah, that like, was the most weirdest part. Yeah. It's like horns playing the in the one, background. Like, like dumb like, brother basically shows up and he's like, me, my new wife. And I'm like, yeah. And hey. it's like, it's like, like fucking like fucking Daffy Duck music playing in the, in the fucking soundtrack. And I'm just like thinking like this scene should not exist. Like had the scene end with him being like, I should build me one of these when, I, when we get the score. Yeah. yeah, well, whatever. We'll, we'll get there. And then cut the fucking scene. Don't, you don't need, or even the, even before that, when the guys are getting drunk with the girls and they're like, the guy, they're in the fucking yeah. bar, they're in the little restaurant and the guy's like wink, winking at the girl and she's winking at him and she's like, oh. and then she leaves and then they go and they shoot barrels of wine or, fuck Yeah, off. I mean, all that stuff in the interim before they actually like leave to go on their heist is very weird. It's very strange. Like it feels like it does not make that, sense. None of it well, not it doesn't. Totally add, none of that adds anything. I think that's the biggest no. problem. Is that you could have easily had the scene in where the one guy says that they need to go take a bath. Cut to the next day where they're like doing shit to prepare for the railroad heist or whatever. Yeah. Like you didn't need any of the stuff after they like set down the initial plan of like where they're going to go and like why they need to go there. Yeah. All you need to do is, okay, they want to drink, they go and they steal booze and then they, you have them drink and then cut. Yeah. You even got to show this whole build up with them like laughing and giggling with the, fu- it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And tonally it makes no sense for the dramatic movie that you're making. It doesn't make sense to me. It really pulls me out of the movie. Literally that whole time I'm like, dude, what the fuck are we watching? Yeah. Cause you be want, we went from, you know the main the main leader guy of the gang. I, I forget his name. I think it's Pike. Yeah, Pike. Where he kills his partner, his yep. crewmate, because he the guy's dead. He's gonna die. 
Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, I can see, I can ride. Oh, I can't see, I can, I can ride. Oh, no, actually, no, I can't ride. And just finish. And before he can finish the sentence, Pike already shoots him in the fucking face. Right? Yeah. That's how we start the movie. And then we cut to them, like, around the fucking washers being like, ha, 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 yuck, 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 ha, ha, yuck, 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 yuck. What the fuck are you doing? Mm. What was the point of I to build camaraderie? We know this crew is new. They, he says in the, in the thing, Angel's new to the crew. Clearly, the other dudes know of Pike, but they don't have respect for the man because clearly, because even even Dutch, who's the older guy, mm-hmm. he talks to, the, to him as though they don't know each other. Yeah, I mean, it's so the only like people Dutch that know each other. The longest out of anybody in the crew, but like. But it seems like the only people that know each other really from the get-go are fucking Pike, is Deke, and then Sykes. Yeah, the old man. Are the only three that seem to have been part of the original crew, right? So, like, yeah. you build this camaraderie, but, like, build I mean, I didn't fine, really see it but... as, like, building camaraderie. I felt, I tried to see it as more of, like, them trying to, like, deflate the tension because they basically almost got into, like, a fucking shooting match over the washer shit because they're all just frustrated with the fact that they got... One put over. Well, to on me, it. passing around alcohol—that's movie cinema language for build camaraderie. Yeah. Like, take a swig and oh, blah, blah, make a joke, and you pass it, and then you reluctantly take the bottle. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I get that because there's definitely a scene where that happens later on, mm-hmm. where that for sure is the the visual storytelling of it. Yeah. But I don't know if it was I, – I got – the more I got with the earlier one was definitely, like, them trying to, like, deflate the, like, tension that was in the group right now. Because, I mean, at the, at the before that alcohol thing happened, you basically had the two brothers willing to, like, shoot yeah. Pike and Angel and, like, anybody else because they feel like – See, I, I took it as – Even though you find out that they didn't do anything to fucking help, they just fucking yeah. slept with whores like the night. See, I, I took it as – the tensions are already deflated because we're all sitting together. Mm. We're all t- we're all sitting together, and Pike's the only one standing, right? So he's in the position of being the leader already, and they've all subserved and kneeled down to his order. He's the only one standing. Everyone else is sitting around the crew making jokes about the washers. So like, they're showing. Okay, you're my crew. We're, we return to this. You guys had a problem with it. We had a fucking issue. Tensions broken. We're back here gather around the fireside planning what we're going to do next, right? We're going to make a joke about... We're going to make jokes about whores and we're all going to laugh and, like, ah, yuck, 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 right? Mm. But, like, we're going to... And then we're going to cut to flashbacks with, with, with Deke that ultimately don't have any sort of payoff. No, not really, because I feel like the, the point of those flashbacks would be to them actually having a physical a face-to-face mm-hmm. confrontation and they don't really have that like they have confrontations but there's not really any like personal stakes to it and it's not like an actual yeah. like showdown between the two of them there's not of like, like reconciling what happened yeah i was expecting there'll be a scene where like they talk they talk yeah like they're he's he knows that deke has him cornered he, he knows where he's going they interact and he's like i'm gonna i have to get you yeah right and he's like come on back Look, you wanted the Pacino and De Niro scene from Heat. I get it. Well, not not even that. You know, that's a great scene. But like, it would make it would make the end of the movie make sense. Where like, yeah, Deke walks up there. Well, and the he's ending like, is oh, also shit. very strange. I didn't really understand the ending at all. 
I mean, I get it, well, but like, I don't know, it felt very weird. Yeah, I mean, it was it's kind of a cop ending where, like, I mean, Deke knows that he's he's the old vet guy, so he knows that he's going to die no matter what. Yeah, and I mean, I, I get that, like, he basically doesn't know what to do because he 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 wanted to join. He basically wanted to join Pike's crew again, and any chance of that is now gone with the fact that they're all yeah. dead. Even though I don't think he would have joined them anyways, because he basically was forced into doing what he was doing, but. Yeah, why would you want to join the crew that got you fucked up? It makes sense. Yeah, I don't know, and that's and that's the other thing too is like, I feel like it would have made more sense if you'd had some sort of like actual expository confrontation between him and and Pike to try to like right. settle hey, whether or not he dead. actually like blames him for what or for what happened or not. Because from the flashbacks, we know that like it's kind of Pike's fault, but we don't know. If he blames him or not. Yeah, we don't actually know if he actually blames him for what happened or if he just sees it as, like, you know. Yeah. It's one of those freak things that happens. I don't know. Or they need to have a flashback of, like, Deke and Yuma being tortured, like, giving giving up the crew. Yeah. And, or some, and, that, and then that, like, that causes the, you know, the marshals or the rangers to go get the rest of the crew, which is why... Pike has a new crew, like something like that to have a connection. Cause right now there's like two parallel stories that really never intersect except for like a couple gunshots here and there. And then that's yeah. it. Like it's, that's it. But the a couple whole point gunshots that, and a blown up bridge. That's about it. Yeah. But the whole point is that it's a chase. Yeah. So they should have like, like constant intersections, mm-hmm. at least skirmishes, you know, but that sounds like, that sounds like it's all, all I'm doing is bagging on the movie. Um, those are just story elements, I think, that will make the movie better, right? Yeah, and I mean, I think I agree that there's definitely some of those things that could, like, have been improved upon, uh, for sure. Uh, I think overall I still had a, a fairly fun time with it. But, yeah, I think I think especially there's moments when they're at the general's place, even before they do the the actual robbery. Just, like, whenever they're at the general's compound, it just feels like... Come on, yeah. What, can, what like, are we doing here? We can speed this up. Come on. Yeah, honestly, I feel like all. I feel like the. I feel like the whole angel story. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I didn't mind it, but I definitely didn't need to like spend all the time in his village or whatnot. Like, the whole like weird care. scene that makes like, by the point that we got to the point where they're like dancing in the middle of the circle or whatever, I was like, yeah. but I already I got the characterization now. Like I got. Like he's why Mexican. he is the way he is, like what his goals yeah. are. Like I got that in like the first like five lines of dialogue. Like we can yeah. we can get out of here now. Right. Yeah. I, I just could have you could have made a classic classic Western story and be like, these are bad guys trying to run off right off to Mexico, and uh, they have they know that the money's being money's being moved. We're gonna go get that money. Yeah. That's it. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. I'm gonna care more. They're they're outlaws. All outlaws care about is fucking money. You know what I mean? That's all you gotta do. You don't gotta have extra elements to make me give a shit. Yeah. You know? Because even then, realistically, with the story that, that, that Peck and Paul has painted, I still want more Deke. Mm. I thought Deke was gonna be the main character. I'm like, oh, he went to jail for his fucking old gang? That's the main character. Yeah, I thought... I mean, it's weird that you say parallel storylines, because I thought it was gonna be, but it's really not. I mean, it's... It is in the fact that there's Deke's side and there's Pike's side, but, like, it's really Pike's story. Like, 
Oh yeah, Geek's really not in it at all. Like it's really not a parallel storyline. No, the, the fact I mean, the that point it's that, not that fleshed he's... out, and I it, I don't think it's fleshed out enough to call it a storyline. No, but Peck and Paw's clearly creating a, a parallel story in the movie of these two characters yeah. that are tied together that are happening at the same time, even though one might be slightly behind each other, mm-hmm. but they're parallel going together right and they're supposed to constantly intersect to, to eventually become a clash at a climax yeah but they, they he fucking peck and paw does a coen brothers and no brother and, and no no uh what's it called what should we call it and uh um, brother where are there no 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 what's the one called sorry um we, we talked about it last week fucking what's it called um the josh brolin one. Oh, no country for old men no country for old men yeah that's what i'm saying where, like, you don't get that climax, right? Mm. But, like, the whole time, you see Pike and you see fucking Deke constantly, you know, cutting back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, every however many minutes to try to explain. And he, it, so he's setting up a parallel for an intersection, but it never, it doesn't make sense when they try to. Because at the end of the movie, when it's supposed to happen, he just has the Wild Bunch gunned down at a location we've already been to, which I'm fine, okay. Yeah. But almost like you wasted time. Why even have Deacon the story? Yeah, it doesn't really make sense other than the fact that he's supposed to, I, I guess he's supposed to be like the the impetus that like pushes the story forward because since they have somebody that's actively chasing them, it forces them to like make all these decisions like it forces them to be in the position like where they have to do this heist for this general so that way they can get get the money and you try can do to, the like, same thing by being like hey here's a pinkerton agent you're the best man tracker yeah. in the world go track them right and why do you track them yeah. justice it's the you could it's something as simple as that because having building up this like really cr- great western revenge tale mm-hmm. i want to see the fucking showdown in the middle of the town yeah it's high noon baby we're gonna draw down but we don't get that you know and that that to me is like the biggest biggest mistake of the movie was was that not happening mm-hmm. um other than that i mean acting is really great for the most part yeah i don't think there's anybody that stood out to me as like being particularly bad um yeah no i'm pretty happy with it yeah, acting's pretty solid. You get a close-up of a boob a couple times. You get a couple a couple of close-ups of some boobs. A couple you boobies. get fucking mounted machine gun that looks sick as fuck. Yeah, you got that. You um, got you a got general it. being a fucking dumbass and not using a tripod with it and, like, yeah, yeah. trying to Rambo that shit when he's clearly not Rambo. You get that. We get, um... I still think that the last third of the movie is really, really weak. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I would agree. I think outside of the actual confrontation, I think most of the third half, the back half, once they actually get away and they have the guns. But honestly, though, Zach, like, act two is a slog of talking. Yeah. Like, act one, explosive. Act well, three, towards the end, explosive. Act I know, two. Act two's the, I mean, act two ends with the robbery, which the robbery, the robbery was pretty good. I didn't mind the training. It was fine. Yeah, it was, it was fine. Um, I mean, there's definitely, like, I mean, the three acts each have, like, one major action scene, and outside of that, it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of horse scene, horses walking through. Yeah. 
to cut to them talking to that's the also like westerns in general it's like you've got your sure. action scenes and outside of action scenes it's just a lot of talking well i'm not expecting it to be fucking you know every moment's a fucking yeah. six star six shootout i'm not expecting that but there's an abnormally amount of talking but it's also a two and a half hour long movie so i when I pulled it up, I was like, dude, what the no, fuck No, I definitely think it's more of a slog in this than it is in, like, most Western The problem, too, is that it's, it's, it's so much dialogue for no reason. Yeah, I think, and I think, yeah, I think it's also, it's a slog because it doesn't have any, a lot of it Purpose. doesn't have any relevance to what's going on. Yeah, we know, we know. Like, it's just want. people bullshitting, and, like, it's cool yeah. for a little bit, but, like, in a two and a half hour long movie... Gets old really quick. It makes me feel like Quentin Tarantino watches movie and goes like, "Oh, I'm gonna have a lot of talking in my movies. I have a lot of dialogue. I have a lot of dialogue in my movies." Um, I mean, besides, I, acting's good. The effects are great. Like the special effects are great. Gunshots look special great. Special effects the, are fantastic. Yeah, the, the pows look great. The squibs or whatever they have or look mm-hmm. whatever they're using for the bloods look great. I mean, it has that classic, uh, like early cinema like 60s 70s blood which is that super red super it's it reminded me of because i recently rewatched it which was um the the rlm's review of i think it was like dawn of the dead or you, you know what's funny like Zach? Literally, Zach, literally in my mind i was thinking about dawn of the dead yeah in my mind, that, it reminded me because they showed that clip from dawn of the dead it's that same super vibrant Red blood. That have you seen that movie by the way? So much. Have you seen that Dawn of the Dead by the way? No, I haven't. I haven't seen that one. It is a fucking goof troop. I mean, I've seen the the shit where yeah, you've got fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, oh shit, what's what's the guy's name? Uh, the special effects guy. I I couldn't tell you his name. Fuck, I can't remember the goddamn Jay says his name so fucking much. Why can't I remember his name? I want to say it's like Robert Star, but that's not right. It's um. I can pull it up. Let me look. Let me Google it. Yeah, hold on. Oh, I'll Google it right now. You can keep. You can keep going. But um, but you got him like going around the mall, like shoving pies in people's faces. Like, yeah, it seems like it's like a time and a half, and it seems like so much fun. But I've only seen like the the Zack Snyder one. Um. Um, pull it up. Which is probably blasphemous, but. Trying to find it on Wikipedia. Seems like Paul something. Tom Savini, that's his name. Tom Savini, yeah. Tom Savini, classic. So you got Tom Savini like relieving his biker gang around a mall, like throwing pies and zombies' faces and all that kind of like goofy ass shit. Uh, I I don't know why the movie so obviously this this is not about fucking Wild Bunch. I don't know why the movie is so fucking goofy. I watched it for the first time like five years ago, Mm -hmm. thinking that this is going to be like a fucking. This is gonna fucking scare me, right? Yeah. And I'm watching and being like, "What the fuck? This is the most like, literally goof troop." From what movie. I've heard, it's like it's what is it? I think it's Day of the Dead is like the scarier one, from what I've seen, or maybe just like Night. I don't know. I'm trying to figure. But Dawn why. is definitely like the goofy one. I don't know if it was on purpose though. Did they mention it in the RLM video? I don't know if they mentioned that it was, like, goofy on purpose, but I think it's definitely part of the thing where it's, like... Because Jay and them definitely mentioned, that like, the way that... Um, fuck, now I can't remember his fucking name. Uh, Romero. George Romero. The way George Romero shoots his movies is, like... He basically, like... 
just shoots a bunch of shit without having like a coherent storyline. And then he'll edit a story together while, when he's like compiling all his footage. Like yeah. he'll basically just shoot like as much coverage and from, many, and from as many different angles, like all the stuff that he wants to shoot. So maybe he had like a rough outline, but like maybe just in the editing phase, it just ended up being like a lot sillier than he thought it was going to be. And he was like, well, this is what we yeah. got. So like, this is what's going to well, be. I, mean, I, I know too, like it's supposed to be like a satirical, like, like a, like a, you know, a commentary on social. So I don't know yeah. what, what, but I do know that's the Commercialism point. Commercialism like, the mall scene that popped up in the yeah. set. That shit. But like, it's like, it's, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Like mm. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the movie. It just wasn't as scary as you. It just thought. wasn't, which is fine. I'm not. I, I don't want to watch a scary movie. But my point was, I thought it was. I was. I, I told my whole life, this is like, yo, George Romero is the fucking guy. This is gonna be. You're gonna love this movie. So I watch it. I'm like, this is not what I fucking thought this was gonna be. Yeah. You know. But then I, I would see. Um, you you mentioned it. And maybe maybe we're thinking of the same. I don't know if we're thinking of the same movie, but I think we are. Um, where. And I think RLM did a video too on it too. I think, and did a review on this. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure they did, where uh, George Romero's partner like left, and he couldn't use the, the he couldn't use the da- Dawn of the Dead like phrase or whatever. Oh yeah, it's the reason that like Dawn of the Dead isn't commercially available because like because uh, he he's owned the rights to it. The name yeah, he doesn't own the rights to to. to or whatever company it is that made Dawn of the Dead doesn't own the rights to it anymore. It's like some producer that owns it. What, whatever it is. So the guy left George Romero, made his own movie. Yeah. Which was like, I think I think it's like, what's it called? I don't fucking know what that's called either. I don't remember. Well, I know that the, the producer that owns the right to it is the one that also did like a reissue of Night of the Living Dead. And he like added some like, he added like a new ending or something on to the end of like neither living dead. And everybody's like, this shit is fucking terrible. Like, why the fuck would you do this? I don't remember what it was, but it was like something with like a, a zombie priest or something like that. I feel like, or something like that. I'm going to have to do a, I'm going to have to you on YouTube and look at it. Cause I know they this. definitely talked about it. Cause they talked about it with, um, well, they talked about the guy, uh, the, the night of living dead guy in the, the Christmas, best of the worst because they did some christmas movie that was also made by the guy who like worked with george romero on night of the living dead because they posted that on like the back of the box for the dvd or whatever that was like from the co-creator of night of the living dead or something like that yeah sorry i'm scrolling through um their fucking review playlist to try to find this movie um or is it? Are you thinking of? Um. No, what is it? Now I know what you're thinking. It's because it's the one with. Because um, it's the one where they have um, Freddie Williams the, on. Yes, yeah, the with the guest host. It's the, it's the Return of the Return of Living Dead. Because that's not Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, because that's not Romero at all. That's. Well, that's why I'm telling you, it's his, the guy who worked on the movie left George Romero to make this movie. Right, because yeah, because yeah, because he's the he couldn't use the name. Re, he has the right to yeah to like, of the dead or something like that. Yeah, so he he left George Romero and said fuck you or whatever and did his movie. Yeah. So I remember um, seeing clips of this movie on YouTube before 
review this review came out obviously return of the living dead oh yeah yeah seeing clips from what they said that one's like the scarier one yeah i I remember seeing clips of it i know know it's supposed to be like a punk rock like a black comedy yeah kind of kind of thing but the effects are too were too good that i'm like that tar man is fucking frightening yeah not not happening yeah like but we've talked before i love action movies when they're gory right or bloody because they're action movies they're power fantasies right mm-hmm. and generally speaking the person that the action hero is killing deserves it deserves it right yeah so that's my horror movie in reverse right i don't want to watch fucking i don't like body horror mm. I, I can't it's my it's my least favorite horror whatever mm. can't fucking do it right so when like in high school my friends were like you should watch the fly not happening not gonna happen right don't give a fuck yeah you should watch uh watch more of scanners nah i'm okay not gonna happen you don't want somebody blow up their head blow up? I, I mean i've seen that scene the scene's fine but like yeah. i don't know what else is in the movie <laughs> i, don't I have fucking... no idea either i just know that scene which i feel is yeah. like what most people know of scanners is they just know that the guy's head blows up right or it's like even like when i first watched the thing it took me a long time to like watch that movie. Oh wow, really? Because I, I love Carpenter in the action sense. I think he has a really great like eye for action movies, right? But I don't touch his horror stuff, which is a lot of his shit. Yeah. And the thing is not a fucking action movie. No, it's a horror movie. It's just a really cool sci-fi horror movie, right? And I obviously you combine the dude who makes some of my favorite movies with Kurt Russell mm-hmm. and the dude who give, who has given me two of my favorite movies of all time and escape and big trouble. Yeah. So why would I not watch their, their other third collaboration before they do escape from LA? Yeah. So it took me a long time to watch the thing. And when I did watch it, it was like, fuck, what am I doing? Right. And at the end of the movie, I couldn't tell you if I liked it or not. Really? I just, I just thought that was a movie right it succeeded in its goal of creating a, a massive amount of tension and i i like that that he did that goal okay but i don't think i'll ever watch this again mm. because i don't like body horror shit and that whole movie that's fair that the thing is, is that. definitely all body horror <laughs> so like if i don't like if i say like i don't like if you if i told you zach i the one thing i hate about horror movies is fucking demonic possessions and you tell me you should watch. You should watch The Exorcist. Yeah, I'd be like, why the fuck would I watch that? Yeah, that's stupid. You know, what I mean, it's like the exact the one thing I don't like, right? Mm. So I don't, I, I don't fuck with that movie anymore. I had it pre-ordered on 4K because it's coming out soon on 4K. Oh. I, I pre-ordered. I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy it. It's coming out in October or something or September. And then you realize you don't want. I was like, it. I was like, I was like what am I doing? <laughs> so you know what I did? This is like two days ago, literally two days ago. Mm. I went on YouTube and I watched the um, kill count. For it like some i forget what channel does it the kill count for each horror movie or whatever hmm. so i watched the kill count compilation for the thing it can't be more than like, it can't be more than like 10 i i don't remember i didn't finish it oh. so i watched the kill count video and i got to um i got to because there's only um, like 10 of them on the base i think yeah plus the guys the plus the european guys in the beginning i guess yeah, I guess. But I, I got to, like, the first... Like, I had to, like, kill Seven, which is, like, the dude, like... When they, they go into the closet and the guy's being... 
in the middle of being assimilated. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to watch this. <laughs> I'm about pass. The guys get you know? dissolved. But then, I'll, but then on the flip side, I'll go watch, you know, fucking like the night comes for us, mm. where like they're like he's like stabbing guts. Yeah. And I'm perfectly fine with it because it's the fucking it's the way that they're like packaging the fucking mm. destruction, you know. Okay. Like the idea, like I don't want, I don't like Saw movies, right? Yeah. But if you told me that Saw was the good guy, and the people that he was killing were like fucking. So you want turned... Dexter? Love Dexter. Yeah. Love, love it, right? Is Dexter it's the pack- it's the, it's the packaging, right? I want to be like, okay, I see myself in the hero character. I get that. So you don't like to see heroes get killed or hurt or whatever well i'm fine with the heroes being killed right like i'm if it's a good story obviously it's the idea like not the way the horror movies do it well in horror movies the main character is not the hero usually like they're just a fucking person that's true and they get they just get fucked up for no friday the 13th dream warriors or whatever everybody gets superpowers or some dumbass shit right it's kind of i don't know i never watch any of those movies why are you why are you killing them because i wanna all right, well. Because my name's Jason, and I have a machine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, yeah, I mean, who makes The Fly again? Who's that guy? That was Cronenberg. Cronenberg, yeah. Fuck all his movies. Fuck all well, his I was shit. like, I think I talked about it like a couple of months ago, but um, it was, um, oh, fuck. What was that movie called? It was like the the body horror movie, which I think I told you it was body horror at the time, and I think that immediately turned you off from it. But oh yeah, hundred percent, dude. I can't remember what the movie was called now. God, it's a Cronenberg me. movie. No, I think it was. I think it's Cronenberg's kid. Oh, Hold Jim on. Cronenberg. Gotcha. I think Possessor. Oh, this is the this is the Brandon, one. Brandon Cronenberg. This is the one that RLM did. Yeah. Yeah. It was good though. There really wasn't any body horror stuff really in it, though. That's the weird part. Until the end, where he's like, gets his thumb cut off, and you see like a thumb wiggling around. That's like the I'm most fi- fun scene that. in like the whole movie. Yeah, I'm fine with stuff like that. Um, it's it's more like we're gonna have a prosthetic face, and the face is gonna tear open. And then, oh like, well, that oh, does like, happen, yeah. You know, or even like, what's the movie called? Um, uh, uh, what's it called? Another, like, I think it's an '80s horror movie, where like the. Um, I'll tell you the premise, right? Okay. Where like it's like this kid and his parents are like are like evil alien monsters and they, they like assimilate people and he like walks in on them like fucking like consuming a, a person. Like they're like mid consumption. Hmm. I don't know what to call it. It's that. a popular ass like cult horror movie. And like the problem is that like it's I like watch a ton of yeah, I watch a ton of like, uh, you know, uh, like Blu-ray people on YouTube, like boutique Blu-ray collectors on YouTube, mm-hmm. and like so many of them just love horror movies. So I'm like, I don't know what the f- I, I I just hear these names and they horror just explain movies are it. big, yeah, and like the DVD, Blu-ray. It's it's, it's like one of the biggest backbones of physical media, like yeah. straight up, right? Um, it's like that and like you know VHS VHS action movies, which are like that's obviously my speed. So keep the sustain the industry. Yeah. So, but so sorry, I don't mean to keep rambling about the thing, but I got to that that kill count in the video, mm-hmm. and I was like so turned off by it, right? So just not happy. Um, 
that I immediately backed out, cleared my YouTube history, because I don't want to see it in my history. And the, the, it's sad because people love that movie, and I understand, right? I get it. It's a well-made movie. I've yeah, seen it's it super one fun. time. I've seen it one time. It's a fine movie, right? Uh, there's nothing wrong with the movie, just not my speed, right? Hey, man, you know, not every movie's for everybody, man. So the, for the immediately after I cleared my history, I went. So I was on my phone. So I was watching. I was watching on my phone. I immediately went and watched Blazing Saddles. Hell yeah! I was like, okay, here we go. Got to use Listerine. Got to got to get it out of my system. Hell yeah! You know what I mean? That's a good pick. Which led right to Airplane, and then like that whole day was just like, okay, okay we just bounce. We just give every. Mel Brooks and Zucker movie just to get my fucking mind off of that bullshit. So, that's what I did. Fair enough. Um, Zach, do you have anything else you want to mention about Wild Bunch, man? Uh, no, not really. I think we covered all the big stuff. You know, I think the thing that really makes this movie probably stand out the most and makes it an enjoyable watch for the most part is just, you know, those three action set pieces, which are fantastic i mean that yeah opening bank robbery gunfight like sets the tone for like what this movie's gonna be like i think the bank robbery is a great uh chase scene um with him facing off against the military and the deeks people and then that fucking lasts like 15 minutes dude that was good shit yeah i was happy yeah, i agree, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I definitely think that the there is a um, it's a prolonged like bloated movie for no reason. It's um, definitely one of those movies where you could definitely like see that you could cut this down to like under two hours for sure. Oh, one hundred percent. I don't think that those extra those those long scenes really added to the final product at all. Product at all. Mm-hmm. But the uh, like you said, like those three uh, big action sequences are long. And I do want to mention before we wrap up that this movie is known for his editing style, mm. which we didn't mention at all. Um, I had no problem with that editing style. I didn't really notice anything super egregious with it. Like what? It, what about it? Like sticks. It's out? known. It's he's known for that editing, which is that was quick cuts of like we're gonna shoot you off a roof and you're going to flip off the roof and we're going to cut away from you mid-fall to someone else getting shot then cut away to someone else getting shot really fast and then cut back to the guy falling and then cut someone else getting shot to these quick, huh, fast cuts. I didn't really cuts. notice anything like that. It didn't really, like, yeah. jar me. Hmm. Oh, I, I don't think it was jarring, but it's... When I came out, apparently, when I was doing some minor research, mm-hmm. people, like, were noticed because I guess this wasn't a common cutting decision, I guess, at the time. Hmm. I didn't know that. You know, run the scene and have a, have the guy from, fall off the building, and you're gonna watch him do the swan dive and then hit the ground, then cut like a martial arts movie. Right. Whereas in this movie, he's like, you're gonna flip, fall for two seconds, cut away from you, have you get shot in the face, and then cut back to you falling. Like it's like super like French almost. Mm-hmm. Um, except for if it, was, if it was a French new wave movie, it would be you're shot on the roof and then we cut away and cut back and you're on the ground. And we have to figure out how did he fall. We'll put two and two together. He fell off the roof. Yeah. Did I tell you? Sorry. Did I tell you about when I was in um, pre-production and my when I was in film school, and we watched this French um, new wave movie? I think it was a French new wave. I mean, maybe I'm getting my genres completely wrong. A French movie from this time period, mm. and they they do that where they they were like I guess 
I'm no French expert, movie expert. I don't have that many criterions. Mm. I have fucking three criterions, and half of them are fucking samurai movies. Yeah. Right? So, um, my whole, I told you about my whole class, I told you this already on the podcast, so I'm sorry. They were all like, what's your favorite movie? And they're like, Quentin Tarantino, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, this one kid I told you about on the podcast, I keep saying that. We may, he may as watch this French movie. And it's this new wave style movie where the guy is leaving his house in the scene. And it might be the samurai, could be wrong. And he leaves his house and he's walking towards his car. And then a card cuts to him parked and walking away from his car. Right? Or something like that. Something like that. And the point, point is like, we, we know the math wise. He got in his car, drove to where he's getting at, and got out of the car. We we know that, right? Yeah. As as cinema people, we're used to watching him get in the car, drive Probably for a little bit at least, and then get out, right? Yeah. So the whole class got fucking pissed. I mean, I didn't give a fuck. I thought it was interesting, but they all got pissed. They were like, "This movie," and vocally, "This movie sucks." Mm. Why are we watching this crap? This movie blows, <laughs> you know, and he's like, this is a good movie. Give it a chance. And there 20 people, 20 dudes are like, nah, it's not Pulp Fiction. Nah. It's not Pulp Fiction. It's not it's Tarantino. Not guy, it's not a Guy Ritchie movie. I want to watch it. That's funny that you mentioned Tarantino stuff because I was listening to um, Trash Tasha's podcast. Their new episode just came out and they did their, they did a three by three for their favorite movies uh-huh. and uh they had some picks on that list <laughs> well what, what, what were they um gaunt's uh Gigax list had and i know they they give some excuse that like they only did this like 10 and this isn't like their favorite movies like Gigax said that like his was like half like recommendations half like childhood guilty pleasure type of thing so like his list had like the Matrix, where I was like, okay, good shit. It had Space Jam, and I was like, okay, childhood, I get that. And then he had the fucking 40-year-old virgin, and I was like, what the fuck is this movie doing on this goddamn list? <laughs> it was yeah. like that. What else did he have? I can't remember everything that he had. What was the most, like, what the most terrible movie they picked? Well, each of them had, like, a terrible... But each of them had at least one movie where I was like, why the fuck is this like on your 3 by 3 Like, Gigax was, he had the 40-year-old virgin. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Joey, he put Adam Sandler's click on his list. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. And then, um, and then Connor, Connor had like the most reasonable list. Like the, the one thing that he had on his list, so I was like, why do you have that on it? Well, he had... Two things, which is like I like it, but he like he had Tokyo Drift on his list, and I was like, okay. And then he had uh, Shrek Two, and I was like, Shrek really it was like one of your favorite movies. Look, man, uh, I'm having people com- compile our top tens yeah. for just a new updated top ten list. Yeah. And um, my goal right now. Because I have like seven iterations of mine right now mm-hmm. that I'm trying to narrow down to the right one. I mean, and, even the, since I've given you one, I've been thinking about more. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could like jostle this around and like I could like move this and like have a few honorable mentions or something like that. Like, I don't know. I keep constantly like thinking of new stuff and like reminding myself of stuff. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to say that it's like um, there's that pressure that people have, I think, when they make their top ten list of anything, but specifically for movies. Mm-hmm. That they, movies, when you tell someone your top five, top three, top ten, mm-hmm. it gives off an impression of kind of like, like who, who we're going, going to assume about you. How, based on your top ten movies or whatever, Joey didn't have yeah, the I think... most reasonable list though, because he had Rashomon on there, he had One Cut of the Dead on there, he had Goodfellas, and he had Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now was the most one where I was like, okay, that's a little pretentious, but I think, I mean, I, I'll be so unpretentious. I think that list is full of shit. Not I think Goodfellas? that list is, I think that list is someone who. It, here's here's literally what I was trying to say is that like, I think when people you ask someone, give me hey, give me your top ten movies of all time. And if, I think if you are in the artistic world or you like art or like movies or like albums or whatever the fuck it is you like or like anime, I think that like, or like comics or whatever the fuck, right? If, it's, mm-hmm. if it has, if you're like, hey, I'll give you an example, right? So you like anime, Zach. Mm-hmm. All right, Zach, ask me my top favorite anime. Okay, Jason, what are your top favorite anime? Number one, I would say Naruto. Number two, Dragon Ball Z. Number three, Fullmetal Alchemist. Number four, One Piece. Number five, Bleach. Get my drift. Yeah. What do you assume about that person? They right? only watch super popular shit. They don't have a taste. Yeah. They don't have depth, right? Even though those are five of the most, probably the most popular shit besides like My Hero, Demon Slayer now, obviously, right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But people still assume about that because they're so popular and they're on the tsunami or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. But on the on the flip side, Zach asked me my top five favorite movies. Jason, what are your top five favorite movies? Uh, I don't know. Probably something like Criterion Release Number One, Criterion Release Number Five, Arrow Release Number Seven. Like, if Criterion puts it out, and I start saying like. You know, Doctor Strange Love and fucking Brazil and fucking, you know, Apocalypse Now, Director's Edition Part 2 from the 4K or Blade Runner, the like stuff like that. What do you assume of that person? You are a fucking pretentious dickhead, right? (laughs) So it's that battle that people have. I I don't even if it's internally that they just don't they don't want to make their list seem so fucking like. They, they don't want their list to seem like they looked at the IMBD, IMDb it, top 100 list and that's what they made their list out of. Or the, or the fucking letterboxed top yeah. reviewed list unlike, you know, it's, a, it's that battle, right? Yeah. So I'm, I've always... Because like, those movies to, are good, but you don't want to make it seem like you just looked at that list and was like, okay, it, it, I'll take those movies. Right. And I think that's where, like, people want to express that they, that they are also like, hey, I have I like Shrek. I'm, I'm funny and quirky, but also I love Brazil. Yeah. It's like, well, I also have a deep side. Like, yeah, I love, I love King of the Hill, but I also really love True Detective season one. It's like, I get it. People are multifaceted, right? But I think that when I'm building my list mm. currently, my new updated list, my goal is to like remove those factors and mm. just list the movies that I know I watch on a yearly basis on at multiple times a year. Mm. And when I did that, my list is not what I thought my list would be. I mean, some of them are very some some of them are absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, for sure. Time. Back to the Future on there, of course. Yeah, Back to the Future is always number one. You know, Matrix is always number two. But when I go from three to ten, it is like, what? 
why the fuck is my number five movie fucking Surf Ninjas? Well, because I watch it seven times a year. Yeah. You know, why the fuck is number six fucking Three Ninjas kick back? Well, because I fucking watch it six times a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Or like, really, if I say Apocalypse Now, Godfather Part 2, yeah. I don't watch that movie every year. I watch that movie maybe once every three, four years. Mm-hmm. You know? But I've seen Ghostbusters 2 six times this year. Yeah. Right? I keep track I keep track of all my movies, right? But the fact that I've seen Too Fast, Too Furious ten times this year. Too Fast, Too Furious? Okay, I've seen number one like twelve times. Because I've done multiple rewatches of the first two. Because the first two are my favorite. I don't even, even know which one to pick out of the Fast and Furious. I guess one. One's probably my favorite. One's the best. One is the best. Or Tokyo Drift. Because I just yeah. love DK, man. Not even that. Just, no, I like number one. But so, number one's uh, really good. That's my, that's just my point, though. My interesting point. You know? like, I think that, like, when you start having to, like, overthink your list by being, yeah. like, not the order. The order. Put, put stake in the order, obviously. Yeah. But when it's, like, you're writing 60 movies down, there's no way yeah. that 60 movies are going to be in your top 10. You know your fucking top 10. And don't be afraid if Ace Ventura is number one. That's fucking fine. Right? It's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if, like, I, if one of our friends, I asked our friends to give me a top 10 list, if one of our friends sends me back a fucking top 10 list and number one is, like, I don't fucking know, like, 2001 a space odyssey exactly yeah any kubrick movie yeah right except for like i don't know maybe like full metal jacket the shining or like uh um fucking what's it called ian mcdowell ian mcdowell fucking ian mcdowell what's his name is it him ian ian malcolm malcolm mcdowell malcolm mcdowell clockwork orange oh yeah like, but if it's like eyes wide shut, oh, and nobody gonna, likes eyes wide shut. I'm sending it. I'm sending it right back to you. Fix your shit, because you're full of it. <laughs> There's no way that you're gonna tell me that 2001's your fucking number one favorite. Yeah. Who watches that movie every fucking year six times a year? Yeah. You know, there's no way. I'm just saying. So hold on, real quick before we end the podcast, Zach. I know this is completely not part of the wild bunch, but like. You said you've been tweaking yours. What have you tweaked? Well, I haven't. Con- I haven't. Con- I haven't concretely tweaked it. There's definitely been like some movies that have been brought up um, to me, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I kind of forgot about that movie, and I forgot about, you know, such and such movie, which is like, I don't know, maybe it's at the point where it's like, if I forgot about it, then maybe I shouldn't tweak it because if I forgot about it, then it obviously wasn't that memorable. But at the same time, you know. I mean, I understand where you're coming from for your list, but for me, I don't rewatch things too often. So if it was like, if my criteria was like something that I watch, you know, more than like two or three times a year, there's not really any movie that I watch that many times a year. Like there's something I'll rewatch every year or the things that I watch, I try to watch like every couple of years, but like, I'm not, I don't play movies on repeat a lot of time. Um, or, so you know, at least in a year, like I usually don't watch something yeah. multiple times in a year. 
Um, no, nah, dude, that, that's see, that's me, man. That's I got my comfort movies. Yeah. Right. So if I if I'm just bored one day, I'll be like, you know what? I'm watching Speed. Mm. You know, or it's Lethal Weapon. Like I'm watching Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Die Hard. Like these are these are all in my top tens. I, I watch them every fucking year. Although a movie that definitely came into my mind that I thought I should have added because I do love it so much and I have rewatched it multiple times was uh, The Raid because I love The Raid a lot. Yeah, that's a great movie. And I was like, obviously. I could put that in my list somewhere. I just don't know where. Yeah. But that's definitely one where it's like, I could sneak that in my list because that is a movie that I've watched multiple times and I really do enjoy you know, watching it. And also, like to, to further explain like kind of where I go with this, like if I have more than two versions of the movie on physical, mm-hmm. that's probably in my top ten. If there's, like, I have VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K Back to the Future, right? Yeah. I have DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K Matrix. Mm-hmm. I have VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K The Mummy, right? Oh, fuck, dude. The Mummy's I so have v- I have VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, Men in Black. That's another one that I can add. The Mummy. I've rewatched that multiple yeah. times. Yeah, I have VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K speed. You know? Yeah. Um, I have every, I have all the same things except for 4K for Lethal Weapon, Die Hard. You know, all this shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's if, if I have a lot of them, that has to go... I'm constantly buying it. Like... If I'm constantly, I have to like, I want the updated version of that fucking movie. Yeah. So it has to be on my fucking list, right? Like it has to be. Yeah. The fact that I have like six versions of fucking Ferris, what? Duh. So. I don't oh know. yeah, I totally get where you're coming from with that for sure. Like I just bought fucking Matrix on 4K. I just found the set finally. Oh wow. So I'm gonna watch that because like, I I gotta get. Um, my uh, Savannah, my fiance, was has never seen them. She's never seen surpri- any of the Matrix I'm, movies. I'm not. Su- I mean, I'm not surprised. She's a girl. And I like, feel like not... even girls have seen like the first Matrix. Well, I think if you're a movie fan, yeah, maybe. And you're a, and you're a lady, yeah, sure. But if you're not if you're not an action fan or a gun fan or a fucking anime fan, like why would you watch the Matrix if you're? Yeah, like, you don't, I guess that's even even if you're a guy. But God, what's the percentage of dudes who fucking like guns when you're a boy? You're a kid. Fucking... A lot of kids like guns. So, like, you watch The Matrix. How many kids do you know when you're a fucking child would do The Matrix? In my friend group, a lot. Exactly. I didn't know a single girl who did The Matrix. Well, that's true. Or would run around the fucking playground and be like, Matrix? How many or fucking... Matrix. How many... No girls. I didn't know any girls who did that, right? No, definitely not. But uh, I told her that December... Uh, four comes out, mm-hmm. and we are watching a YouTube video of someone break down the finale to Loki, and the guy was like, in the breakdown was like, very similar to the to the architect architect of the Matrix. And I had to pause the video, and I got mad because I was like, you got mad don't compare. They were right? I got mad because like, don't even fucking compare. Don't even compare the complexities of the MCU multiverse to the fucking Matrix. Don't compare it, because they're not even close. They're not even fucking close. Yeah, they're not. So she's going to have to watch I mean, look, nobody can compare to the ass-hattery that is the fucking architect's speech in The Matrix Reloaded. That is a speech I had to watch ten times 
as a Look, kid. Look, I'll watch it a hundred times. Games. I enjoy the hell of it. It's a stupid speech, though. I think it's a great speech. Eh. And I, I heard a theory about Matrix 4 that I'm excited for. Right? The that's going to be the architect? No, 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 because no, Neo's in it. Trandy's in it, right? Right, yeah. Just them, because so, Lawrence Fisher's not in it, right? Or is he? The, I don't, I don't, I don't know honestly. I, I can't remember if I've heard um, he was in it or not. The theory that I heard was, it's not going to be a sequel; it's a prequel of a different iteration of Neo. And a different iteration of Trinity. Trinity. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. I don't know how I feel about that. Is that better was, or worse? I mean, Matrix I mean, Four is worse. You know what's going to happen if it's a prequel. That they're going to fail because Neo succeeds. Yeah, could be. Could be. Well, I mean, it's not could be. Like, your your speech that you love so much proves that the prequel would be Unless it's a whole different fail. universe. Or it's a whole different universe. Who knows? Or end the Matrix, Matrix 3. Now some fucking timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. We don't know at the bullshit. end of Revolutions they succeed. We don't know. Wait, yeah, we do. They succeeded. They don't know they succeed. We they they think they succeed. Well, that's... the mage, the robots lay Neo down to rest. He became right? space then, Jesus. Yeah, and they party and and fucking whatever. Yeah, he Zion. Killed, uh, he killed fucking Agent Smith. Yeah, he beat the virus. But my point is like, what's saying three months later, the machines don't go fuck this, dude, <laughs> and they just go back to Zion. Well, that's definitely possible. You know, like, I just don't know how they're going to explain another Neo. Is he a, is he now a program? Like, is he now in the Matrix? Why is there a Matrix? Is he going to be the new Agent Smith? Yeah, I don't know. Like, isn't the end of the movie, like, they choose to let people decide if they want to be in the Matrix or not? I mean, from my understanding, that's the ending of the Matrix. So why do we need, why do we need fucking, ne I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe they tricked people into staying in the Matrix, like giving them yeah. the illusion of free will, but they really don't. Neo, because clearly Neo's not the main character. It's gonna be that girl or whatever. So like she wakes up and then it's the red, it's the white rabbit or whatever the fuck Wait. it's called. Huh? Neo's not the main character. I don't think so. I think what it's some girl? girl. I think there's some girl they cast. Man, I didn't hear about this. I thought there's cast a long time ago. I thought. I, I thought there was like, girl? yeah, there's some lady. I thought she was gonna be the main character. I could be completely wrong though, because the only the show on the cast list is just the people that we know already, except for uh, Agent Johnson. Joe Jonas's wife? What the fuck is she doing in this movie? Yeah. So who knows? I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, December twenty second, twenty twenty one, I'll be seeing you in fucking. I'll be seeing it in theaters. Yeah. Um. Well, hey guys, thanks for watching. Appreciate thanks for listening. Guys. We'll see you back next week with more License to View, where we don't ramble for three minutes after the movie. <laughs> or not. We'll see what happens. So, I don't mind these tangents. No, I don't mind. Uh, hey guys, uh, that's The Wild Bunch, 1969. Uh, we'll see you back next week, man. <laughs>